This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Good morning, everyone. Do you love it when things go your way? Do you love it when things go your way? You're not sounding very happy here. Do you love it when things go your way? I love it when a plan comes together. Who said that? Come on, the A-team, isn't it? Remember? I love it when a plan comes together. And then sometimes we can have another kind of plan in life. We can have a Baldrick plan. Any of you ever remember uh, a Baldrick plan? That's a plan that doesn't come off or a Faulty Towers plan. Any of you ever seen those? But I love it when things go my way. Any of you ever sold a property or sold a house as you're moving? And any of you ever made a nice little bit of profit on the house because the economy is good and move forward? Far better than selling at a loss and negative equity and all of that kind of stuff, isn't it? Hands up, those of you that love negative equity. Okay, not one. Hands up, those of you that love a profit on the house if you're selling it. Yes. How many of you have been successful enough to make profit on a car? No, not many of us made profit. On a car, a car's going to be very, very old for you to buy and make a profit uh, on it. But what I want to talk to you this morning is the subject of opportunity. Opportunity. You see, opportunity is something that quite often stares us in the face, but it's something that we all need to grab a hold of. And we need to execute on it or we need to action on it in order for the opportunity to become success. Let me explain to you what I mean. I remember some years ago when uh, we moved into uh, one uh, property that we had in Millo. We'd moved in and God had granted us the opportunity to buy a parcel of land and build a home there. Across the road for us. From us, there was a little cottage that had all kinds of problems in it. It was part timber. It had an asbestos roof on it and all kinds of hassle. And for about 10 years while we lived there, this little house across the road was empty and rotting. And all of the neighbors in the village used to say, well, you know, someone needs to do something about that house. You know, the garden's growing and uh, this, that. So they put it on the market eventually, got put on the market. And guess how many people went and bought it? Guess how many people went and put bids in? Very, very few. Because this house had all kinds of problems with it. And then eventually it went to auction and somebody bought it at auction. And they knocked the house down, dealt with all of the issues that were there, and built themselves a wonderful new house. It was amazing what happened in the village. Because in the village, we say, well, if only I knew it was going to go for £50,000 at auction. And if only I knew it would only cost X thousand pounds to sort the asbestos problem out, I would have bought the property. I would have gone and done it for myself. Amazing what happens when people see somebody else's opportunity come into fruition, isn't it? Ten years the property had sat there. Ten years all the locals in the village could have gone and bought it. I could have even gone and bought it next door if I wanted to, instead of looking at that mess every single day. 
And the principle I want to share with you today is a principle from God's Word. And I want to, if I may, elaborate on uh, what Karis spoke on. We could say it was Move Part 1, Karis, when you spoke. If you are listening to this message on podcast, thanks for tuning in this morning. But I would encourage you to go back two weeks in our podcast schedule and listen to Karis's message entitled Move and get a copy of that first because this is episode two, if I can take the foundation that you laid, Karis, and build on it. You see, what Karis challenged us in that message was to step out of our comfort zone, was to actually maybe like the person that actually bought the property in Millow, like that person to step out their comfort zone and, and, and go to the auction and put their hands up despite all risks, despite all those kind of things, to step out of their comfort zone that Karis was encouraging us to do. Not be all kutchy and not just settle where we are, but to be in our contentment, seek to move forward in the purposes and plans that God has for our lives and to move out and move forward. So she spoke to us and taught us from God's Word, from Genesis chapter 26, and we're going to shoot back there in a, in, a, in a moment. And she taught us that we are to move forward in Christ, move forward in our lives, and move forward in the plans that we have, that He has for us. And that's a great thing. But what I want to talk to you about this morning is the dynamics of moving. The dynamics of moving, what you can expect when you maybe go to the auction and put your hand up, or maybe step out into where you are in your circumstances or situation. A friend of uh, Ben and James, um, uh, Ben and Caris, sorry, has made a big step. His name's called uh, James, and he's made a big step to take a pay cut in salary to change and move into a different career that he's always wanted to do. Now, everyone could maybe criticize the person for making that move. Why on earth would you move for less pay? Doesn't make sense. And it's that principle that I want to talk to you about today, the dynamics of moving. So turn with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 26, and we're going to relook at what happened to Isaac when he moved. And so before we read the scriptures together, you need to understand that this text that comes from the book of Genesis, over 4,000 years old, is this piece of history that we're reading today. You need to realize that this already was coming for a place where, where people were looking at Isaac and already very envious of what was going on in his life. Envious of the things that were happened. Jealousy and envy is talked about in the scripture at the beginning. So I'll read these next 10 verses. Follow me on screen. Hope you've got a folding Bible, a paper Bible, a glow Bible, phone Bible, whatever type of Bible you've got. Or this one that's on screen, you can follow with me this morning. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 26. And we're going to read these first 10 verses together. Isaac planted crops in that land. And the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. You know, principle one, we can expect blessing when we move. If we step out in faith and are obedient to God, we can expect him to bless. I mean, do you know I can 
give you the lottery numbers for the week. Do you know I could do that? It's a unique skill I have to be able to give you the lottery winning numbers for the week. I can do it for last week and for the week before that and the week before that. I can give you all the winning lottery numbers that have ever been. But all of you would like the winning numbers for the future, wouldn't we? So in this principle of stepping out, God blesses us and blessed him hundredfold. Verse 13, the man, Isaac, became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. Oh, that's good. Eh? Not wealthy, very wealthy. How cool is that? He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. What do they do? Step out in faith, receive the blessing that comes with it, move, expect envy. Let's continue. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abram, the Philistines, stopped up, filling them with earth. So he's got loads of flocks and he needs to water them, right? So he goes and starts digging wells in order that he can continue the business, in order that he can continue feeding and uh, getting water for his flocks. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, move away from us, you have become too powerful for us. So Abimelech says, look, it's not on. God's blessing you. Move on. So he does. So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar where he settled. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names his father had given them. You see, Pop back to that verse if we can there, verse 18 if we can. Leave that on screen a minute. Nothing changes in life. Humans are the same the world over. We all want love. We all want belonging. We all want to be happy. We all want success. From Timbuktu to Tumble, from Kumturk to Calcutta, everybody wants the same thing. But equally so, we all respond and react the same way so often. And it's amazing that Isaac here has the same problems that his dad had. The problem with success. The problem with blessing. The problem of moving. The problem of the Millow house. The problem of if only I knew it was going to go for that price in the auction, I'd have bought it. He gave them the same names. We're going to come to this in a minute that his father had given them. Verse 19. Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. So let me explain to you, maybe for some of you millennials, water comes out of a tap. We all know that, okay? And milk comes from Tesco. We all know lots of that kind of stuff. But there's a principle here that you need to understand. There is a water table that's below the surface of the ground. And the principle in hot countries is you need to dig a well down. You need to dig a hole in the ground. And if you dig down far enough, you'll hit the water table. And it'll create a hole through that that you can reach down and get the water out. You've seen it all on cartoons or whatever, where you put a bucket down into the well. And so what had happened is the Philistines had filled these in with rocks and earth. So they've gone to those old wells and dug them back out again in order to get water to feed the sheep. You understand me? Cool. Right. So the herders of Gerah quarreled with those of Isaac and said, the water is ours. 
How cool. It falls from the sky. That water is ours. I don't think they meant the water is ours. I think what they mean is the well is ours. Because water just falls from the sky naturally, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah. So, but they're claiming the water. They're claiming it. This is our water. So what happens? Instead of having a big fight there, so he named the well Esek because they disputed him. If you look up the word Esek, the Hebrew word, it means disagreement. Disagreement. Isn't that amazing? Disagreement. And the word he's named it is the name that did not just he named it, that his father had named it originally. Isn't it amazing? So his father experienced disagreement, and here is Isaac experiencing disagreement. And when you move, principle one, expect disagreement. Let's read on. Then they dug another well, but they quarreled over that one also. <laughs> amazing. So he named it Sitna. If you look up the Hebrew word Sitna, they're like Welsh names. Every Hebrew word is like a Welsh name, has a meaning behind it. And the word Sitna means opposition. When we move, we can expect disagreement and we can expect opposition. He moved from there and dug another well and no one quarreled over this. He'd become a Madagascar Christian. Smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. You see what had happened? He's going there and is someone wants the water and you've done all the hard work of the... Oh, let him have it. If they disagree with you, let him have it. And he goes to another well and he puts all his servants and they dig. I don't know how long it took to dig a well. And they dig it. And then there's opposition. Let him have it. Let him have it. And he moves on to the last one and he digs it out and dug another well. And no one quarreled over it. And he named it Rehoboth, saying, Now the Lord has given us room and we will flourish in the land. Some of us have sung songs in the past, particularly uh, recently, Wide Open Space. Have you heard that song? There's been Rehoboth means broad area, wide open space. And the principles I want to share with you from God's word, the principles of moving on the foundational truth that Karis taught us from God's word, are when you move to get to your wide open space, you need to go through the well of disagreement. And you need to pass by the well of opposition before you will inevitably find yourself in the wide open space. In fact, my message to you this morning is simply entitled, Well, Well, Well. Well, well, well. Would you believe it? Would you believe it? Who's got the house in Millow? Well, well, well. Would you believe it? Who's got a new job? Well, well, well. We're full of well, well, wells. But for you to get to your well, 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 you have to step through Isek. You have to step through Sitna in order to get to Rehoboth. Pray with me as we open God's word together. Father God, we thank you for the power of your word. We thank you, Lord, it's a lamp to our feet and it's a light to our path. As we open up this text today, there's over 4,000 years old. 
Will you teach us truths from it today that we might walk in your way and experience your blessing on our lives? I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You can travel over the world. And you can see many churches and you can, particularly in Wales, see many chapels. There are not many chapels that are called Sitna. There are not many chapels that are called Isek. But there are plenty of chapels called Rehoboth. And sometimes I tend to find that there is sometimes disagreement amongst Christians. There's sometimes opposition amongst Christians. And sometimes I think some churches should be called maybe Isek or Sitna. But the place that we are supposed to dwell is Rehoboth, the wide open space where God blesses us. So let's talk about the principles of this this morning. Why do these things happen? Well, see, fundamentally, part of the challenges that we have with the Christian life and all of life, for that matter, is that there is a misunderstanding and misunderstanding a misinterpretation of the teachings that are in this book, the teachings that are in God's Word. You see, this is not just a book about spirituality. This is a book about health. This is a book about lots of different things that we can have about information about how people behave, information about logic, information about so many different things. In fact, I nickname this book so often, The Manual for Life. You can learn so much in this book, not just spiritual things. And the reason God gives us the scriptures is so that we can learn from them, so that we can be wiser this time. You know, somebody that does a mess up and they do, oh, I didn't think that would happen. I didn't think this would happen. The reason if we read the scripture and allow it to change the way we think and change the way we act, it will save us from a whole pile of evil. Let me explain. Have you heard the saying, teach a child when they are young and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Have you heard that text? That has nothing to do with spirituality. Spirituality is part of the component so teach a child to be a spiritual person when they are young. And when they are old, they will likely not depart from it. That is true. But teach a child to be punctual when they are young. And when they are old, they'll not depart from it. Teach a child to be respectful when they are young. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. Teach a child to be honest when they are young. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. We know that bad company corrupts good character. Yeah. That's why all of you, when you have parents here and you've got your kids, we get so concerned about the, the friends that our children associate themselves with, don't we? It's a very, very natural. Oh, don't go and mix with Billy Jones. He's trouble. Trouble with a capital T. Don't go and mix with him. Oh, my word. Because bad company corrupts good character. How do we know that? Book of Proverbs. So there are principles that are in God's Word, and what I'm sharing with you today, now understand this, if there's one major point that you should write down in your books, those of you that are taking notes right now, circle it, underline it, get a highlighter out, write it in capital letters, and mark it. What I'm sharing with you today is not a spiritual principle. 
What I'm sharing with you today is a people principle. You see, where people are consumed by envy and jealousy, expect disagreement and opposition. The motivation for the Philistines was to move Isaac on because it wasn't fair. It wasn't fair that he was being blessed. I mean, a hundredfold flock. Why was he being blessed? I'll tell you why he was being blessed. Because God's hand was on him. And whatever our path, if God's hand is on you, you can experience trouble. In this world, trouble we, we can have. So if I was to go back to Isaac and say, hey, Isaac, how's it going, mate? You all right? Yeah, high five. Yeah. Uh, give, tell me about the ESEC experience. What was that like, you know, you and the boys digging wells for, I don't know how long it took. How, how long does it take to dig a well? Anyone here that's in construction? Okay, thanks for that. <laughs> Let's assume it takes a week to dig a well. Right, he's had to pay them, hasn't he? Pay all his servants. They're his servants, so there's no servant that'll do it for nothing. If there are, come and see me after. I've got plenty of things in the garden that I'll have you do tomorrow. All right, so he's had to pay. He's had to invest time. He's had to invest finance in all of what he's doing. And what happens? Somebody comes along and says, that's our water. And he's got to move on. That's the stuff of life. Where people are consumed with envy and where people are consumed with jealousy, expect trouble. Well, it's all right for you, you know. Yeah, well, I know you took a pay cut to go and take that new job and everything in order to, you know, go for the job of your dreams that you always wanted. I, like, I know it works out. It worked out for you in the end, but you were just lucky. Have you ever had that? Why is it that people step out and make the move, whether they be saved or unsaved? I'm just saying, whether they be saved or How are they so lucky? I'll tell you why they're lucky. Is they're prepared to go through the wells. They are prepared to put up with disagreement and still continue. So let's jump into these points. The first thing that I want to talk to you about is the world never changes never changes the same thing so no matter what you're doing in life expect disagreement expect disagreement to come from people that would look of you look at you and want what you have and can i just talk to you here as a church for a minute as a body of believers here comparison is a terrible terrible sin it's a sin you don't believe me go back 4,000 years ago in the Ten Commandments it said thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife his ox or his ass that's what the scripture said didn't it same thing modern day version thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife partner thou shalt not covet his house his car you see covetousness and envy and there's a difference between envy and jealousy envy is you wanting what somebody else is what somebody has that's painful okay when somebody guys she got the girl not you sorry you didn't graft hard enough or whatever or she wasn't for you or you weren't for her or whatever that's a terrible thing to have to experience it's a very real thing when she goes isn't it and what we can do when that happens, guys, is if we don't just move on, 
we can harbor all kinds of things that are in our life because we're constantly comparing. I wonder what they are doing right now. And we're going through their feed. And we're just watching and looking. Oh, it's all right for them today. The enemy or the danger or the sin of comparison. It's a real, real sin. That we compare, oh, it's all right for them. And the problem with comparison is this. Is we think, and I love what um, Pastor Stephen Furtick says, you know, particularly on social. We compare our backstage with their highlight reel. That's what we do with social media in particular. Do you know that it's a, read, if you read Dr. Tim Elmore's uh, book, The I Generation, do you know before kids get even uh, get up in the morning, most of them have taken 17 selfies. 17 selfies. I mean, they only post one, but they've taken 17. They've taken 17. Oh, that's not going to get any likes. Or they take this one, and they go, oh, I'll jump out, I'll do my hair. Jump back in a bit. Right, that, like that's the need for likes. And what it is, is we're comparing where we are living our lives. Young people, don't fall into this trap, okay, of just living for likes. Of living for other people's approval. Of living, because you're comparing your life with theirs. Those are the seeds of envy, envy and jealousy and covetousness. And they then bring disagreement into our lives. So when we see that someone's got a hundredfold flock and they've hit water because they put the work and the effort in, we want to argue with them. We want to argue with them when they make the moves that they make. You've bought what? You bought that falling down asbestos-ridden house in Milo? Yeah, yeah, we thought it's a good deal. You idiot, what have you gone and done? I mean, how many of you hear stories like, you're going away to college? You're going to university? Do you know nobody from our family, from Tumble to Timbuktu, going back seven generations, nobody has been to university? Don't you think beyond your station, sonny boy? We are not academics in this family. We work with our hands. We graft hard. That's the opposition you can expect, the disagreement you can expect from people when you know what you really want to be doing, where you want to be going. Go for it. But I'm just saying, when you go for it, when you uh, move out of where Karis has been teaching us, when you move, I'm just giving you like a, a warning. Expect this stuff to come. Expect disagreement. But there's nothing like expecting it, is it? So if you know it's going to come, when people are disagree and people are going to come back with you, that's, that's great. You know, okay, yeah. Smile and wave. Move on. Disagreement. When you step out, expect disagreement. Got it? Well, well, well. So we go from the first well, Isek, and then you land at Sitna. You see, I explained to you that there's a difference between envy and jealousy. You see, envy is about what it, wanting what somebody else has. Jealousy is wanting to be somebody else. This ain't about stuff. This is about being. Let me explain more simply. We are human beings, not human doings. Being 
is way, way more important than doing. That's why success in the Bible is spelt faithfulness. You see, you can look at the map of all of the heroes of all the faith. You can look at, I mean, let's, let's start with some J's, just for simple. You can look at James and Jesus and Joseph and Jonah and Job and, and all of these people. Look at the paths that all of them went. They had to go through, first of all, the disagreement. Consider your servant Job. Wasn't that the challenge? And so had to go through disagreement. Had to go through opposition. What the King James Version calls Job's comforters. <laughs> Lovely, isn't it? Curse God, die. Lovely. Thank you for the encouragement. But eventually everything was restored to him, wasn't it? I mean, like... In order to get to the palace, Joseph had to go through, first of all, the pit experience, being sold out by his brothers that disagreed with him, right? And where does he find himself? In opposition. He finds himself in where? Potiphar's house. She fancies him. She's got the hots for him. So it's about not just the stuff that he had, it's about who you are, is this. Because we are human beings, not human doings. And so envy is consumed by the stuff that we have. I wish I drove his car. I wish I'd had Gareth's Harley Davidson. What do I need to do, Gareth, if I want my own Harley? Not envy and covet yours. No. You tell me straight, didn't you? I did ask him. I said, Gareth, when you're gone, would you be good enough to leave me your lovely Harley in the, in the will for me? He just smiled and waved. <laughs> and then he said, maybe you better save up by one yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Put the effort in. It's more fun if you save up and buy something yourself from a sofa to a ring to put on it. To all. It's a lot, lot better if you've worked and grafted for it ourselves. Yeah. But back to the principle here, disagreement comes from stuff. Jealousy is about who you are. Human doings, here, human beings. You see, when we find ourselves in eternity, as believers, we're only going to be given two judgments. Judgment number one, what did he do with my son? What did you do with Jesus? Did you accept him? Was he Lord of your life? Did you follow him? Did you truly become a disciple? Judgment number two that we have, the judgment seat of Christ, will be judged by what? Judged by how we've used our gifts. Did you use that gift you have if God has blessed you to be able to be in finance or the, all of that. Did you use that gift? Because most people that have the gift of giving have normally got the gift of making. And they don't know it. It's one of the things I'm most passionate about is to generate in people's lives a spirit of generosity because you can be even more generous. Give as the Lord has prospered you, says the scripture. And if we, the more generosity we practice the more blessing we get. I know it doesn't make sense. does not make sense. But this guy gives away wells. He gives away a well, the well called disagreement. says, you have it. And he gives away this well. And I want to talk about this well here now, where people will actually attack the person that you are. Remember, we are human beings, not human doings. And the Bible teaches us that it's 
in him we live and move and have our being. I do all things, says the scripture, to the glory of God. All things. Everything. I am in him and he is in me. But jealousy is people wanting to be me or you wanting to be someone else. You see, I could turn around here and I could say, I'd love to be Bill Gates. Wouldn't it be great to be Bill Gates? I'll tell you something, so sorry, you know, kind of reality check. Only Bill Gates can be Bill Gates. And you could look at, I don't know, Usain Bolt. And you could say, it would be great to be able to run like Usain Bolt. But only Usain Bolt can be Usain Bolt. Oh, this morning, again, you know all of them here in the church that I'm a, a, a wannabe guitarist. I am, and I watch old Russell. Oh, did I say old? I watch young Russell play guitar. I think that is so cool. I wish I could do that. But, you know, Russell can do Russell, and Phil's got to do Phil. So why is it we diminish the gifts that are on us? Why do we compare everybody else's life with ours, wanting to be them, when God's calling you to be you? Because I tell you what, when you are you, it's a thing of beauty. All of you here in this church that I'm blessed to have in my life, you all are truly unique in the way you are. And the challenges in our lives is we belittle all the gifts that God puts on us. And the way that we belittle the gifts that God puts on us is by not stepping through this valley or this well of disagreement first, where we say, okay, I'm not going to go do that. I'm not going to buy the house in Millo. I'm not going to step out in that job. I'm not going to do that because expect disagreement to come. If you want to stay where you are, don't move. You'll be fine. But that's called a pit. Or it's called a grave. Or a ditch. Whatever you want to call it. I mean, ditch, grave, same thing. Just the ends kicked out, right? Same thing. But if you step through that one, expect this one. Opposition. You see, if you truly step out into what God has for you, whether it's Wilberforce, whether it's Martin Luther King, whether it's everybody that has fought for those things that are right and proper, have experienced venomous opposition. And that opposition is relentless attack. It's disagreement after disagreement after disagreement. It's just an attack against your very being, not what you're doing. And if we can just be true to ourselves, like Joseph, like Jonah, like Jesus, like James, fix our eyes on the purpose God has for him. And for us, we will find ourselves at the final well. And people will turn around and will just simply say, well, well. Isn't it amazing how God took that young life and just made something wonderful? Wasn't that your story, Emily? I'm looking at Emily that sat at the back of church here. That probably when you shared with certain people in your life that uh, 
you felt, and she's a gift of faith, right? So when you've got the gift of faith, you can believe God for the impossible. So I'll connect with her after and have a chat with her, you know. But it does not make sense that you want to leave Canada and just, like, go to Wales. Right? That does not make sense, does it? Right? Like, you know, where, where? I don't know. I don't know. They try to talk you out of it. Some people say, like, are you real? Like, are you real? And in opposition here, I mean, it can get really bad. Then, well, look, I really... And they lose phrases like, you're making the biggest mistake of your life. Have you heard that phrase? Like, oh, no, 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 you, you don't expect God... To, they lose that one. That's the killer one. Don't expect God to bless you if you don't conform. Well, I know that God has too chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. It's not logical. It does not make sense. All I know, just get through the well of disagreement. Get through the well of opposition and you'll find yourself in this wonderful, wide open space, Rehoboth, where God will bless you. God will use you. He might have to restore back to you, like he did with Job, things that have been stolen. You might have to, all the family circumstances that went through your journey if you were Joseph. It might involve repentance on your part if you were Jonah, because you know you should have gone there in the first place. You've gone over here, and you haven't been prepared to go through the disagreement, go through the uh, opposition in order to get to it. You know it. You went to Joppa instead of Nineveh. Turn to Nineveh and know that God is good to his promise. Amen. Come on, let's stand and let's sing together. Karis is going to lead us in worship as we... This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.